Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, February 21st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelia Jr. And joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. What's up, Bless? First Let's of all, host. first of all, I want a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Two seconds. Perfect. Uh, that was for The Last of Us Part 2. It was supposed to release today. I know. Remember, wow. Today was the original release date of The Last of Us Part 2. Today's also the one-year anniversary of Devil May Cry 5. Is it really? Yeah, man. It Time came out flies. in February? Time flies. Are you sure it came out in February? I saw it on Twitter. Okay. So it must be <laughs> it true. can't be wrong. You know what I mean? It's trending, so. Devil May Cry 5 is trending? There you so go. There you go. Yeah, could Last of Us Two. Can, can you, you imagine? believe like we could all we not be at work right now? No, legit. We could have <laughs> all have. I mean, we probably would have got early copies, so we probably would have pl- like been playing or already had played Last of Us Part Two Exciting by now. Stuff. Could you imagine? No. What that alternate what a world world would have been? been. That yeah. Apocalyptic world. Oh of man. Revenge. Now we gotta wait. What three months? How, it's May, right? So yeah, three months. Yeah. Man. We'll, we'll the worst okay. timeline. The this evil is timeline. the worst timeline. The timeline of delays. Second of all, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know what's happening? I, I don't exactly know. Audio I listeners just said, "Hey Tim, do you like peanut M and M's?" And I'm like, "Yeah, they're the fucking superior M and M." Yeah, imbeciles. Yeah, audio listeners, if uh, you don't know because you 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 can't see us right now, there's three bags, three big old bags of peanut M and M's, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, you, I just have, get off this fucking set. I'm team We have the sharing M&M. size, and then we have the Fast and Furious size. <laughs> the Fast is, and Furious size? Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. That's yeah. smart. Anyway, Greg tried, to, Greg tried to do this whole uprising on Twitter this morning of like, ah, regular M&Ms are the best. When and I agree. Him, when we proved to him a year ago that he was in the wrong, he was in the minority By on like this By like 5% idea. though in that poll. No, right? it was like hey, a man. good 10% difference. I guess 55 versus 45. But yeah, it, it's a 10% difference. That's a close run, especially if you have like people like y'all over here just like encouraging your friends. I'm just saying in the presidential whatever election, celebrities 55% you know to vote. versus 45%, that's a big gap, okay? Celebrities? So, I'm just you saying. talking about Brie motherfucking Larson? Yeah, I'm talking about Brie Larson. Yeah, Greg Miller is on the other side. Brie Larson's on the other side. Oh, wait. Yeah. Brie Larson's on... You're wait. out here talking shit about oh, your own people. Okay, well, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Never you mind. I'm with Brie Larson. You're I coming off like the Democrats right oh, now. No, I Get your shit together. <laughs> I, you need I to misread. be united. <laughs> I misread. I am team Brie Larson, and Brie Larson is team playing Eminem. Also, she was Captain Marvel, and I liked the movie, so there you go. Brie Larson, hey, you're great. Hey. Peanut oh, Eminem's, <laughs> hey. Great. You're, You're better than regular peanut M and M's. I'm gonna eat some of you. What is it about peanut M and M's? Because here's the thing: I like peanuts. I like M and M's. So what's your problem? Get it's educated. just when they come together. It's get like, some culture. Mm. Get some taste. It's like when it's like when two artists you like come together and do like a, a collab album, and it's like this album ain't all that great. Like it's like when Drake and Future came together to make an album. And it's like I like both y'all separately. Yeah. But together, it's like are these diamonds know, really dancing? I don't think they are. This is better than that though. This is great. This is upsetting. So what is the show? Oh, yeah. Uh, this, of course, is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Today's stories include the coronavirus continuing to wreak havoc, hot tea, more like hot coffee, and more, because this oh. is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can, cr- you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free let's see now it's time for some housekeeping th- uh, housekeeping thank you to our patreon producers james davis david mintel muhammad muhammad the nanobiologist frank furter shiraz razak razak patrick higgins travis Gajkowski, drew gardner 
Dominic Shorter, Ginny Burnt, Joseph Soler, and Katie Gallagher. Appreciate all of you. Today we're brought to you by Hymns and Quit, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. We have four stories today. A peanut M&M's dozen! <laughs> bummer. It's a bummer how much y'all love peanut M&M's. They're good, baby. Let's see, you're number gonna, one. You're going to succumb to the, the right no. side one day. No. I feel like all my life. how blue this is. Actually, not even, every Halloween, right, I'll get peanut M&M's, like a small pack of peanut M&M's in my, in my bag. And I'll think, okay, maybe today's the day that I actually like these things. I'll eat them. And I'm, and I'm like, nope, it's not. Today's not the day. I don't think the day well, will ever come. There's always a tomorrow. Number one, PlayStation and Facebook canceled GDC appearances citing coronavirus concerns. This is by Christopher Dring of GamesIndustry.biz. PlayStation and Facebook gaming slash Oculus will not be attending this year's Game Developers Conference due to concerns around coronavirus. It follows a series of canceled or postponed video game events, plus console manufacturing disruption caused by the outbreak. The virus has infected over 75,700 people so far, killing... 2,130. The majority cases, uh, the more, majority of cases have been in China, with just over 1,000 cases reported in other countries, including 15 in the U.S. Facebook says that it's still planning to make announcements at GDC around its Oculus business, but will now do that via digital formats with video, online Q and As, and more. The firm says it is removing its uh, booth footprint, footprint, and advising all employees to refrain from traveling to the show. Quote. Out of concern for the health and safety of our employees, our dev partners, and from the GDC community, Facebook will not be attending this year's Game Developer Conference due to the evolving public health risks related to COV ID 19, a Facebook company spokesperson said. We still plan to share exciting announcements we had planned for the show through videos, online Q&As, and more, and we'll plan to, to host GDC partner meetings remotely in the coming weeks. <clears throat> We continue to collaborate with UBM, GDC's parent company, and our partners, and thank them for their efforts, end quote. A statement sent to GamesIndustry.biz by Sony Interactive Entertainment reads, quote, We have made the difficult decision, decision to cancel our participation in Game Developers Conference due to increasing concerns related to COVID-19, also known as coronavirus. We felt this was the best option as the situation related to the virus and global travel restrictions are changing daily. We are disappointed to cancel our participation, but... The health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern. We look forward to participating in GDC in the future. Tim Geddes. This is the second event, the second big event that PlayStation's pulled out of due to coronavirus. The first one we've heard from Facebook and Oculus. Yeah. What is what is their take? What are your thoughts on all this? Well, here's the thing. Not only is it the second one PlayStation's pulled out of, it's the second event of the year, mm. you know, of, of real consequence. Like, PlayStation doesn't usually show up at things like PAX South. So this is a, a, a big deal that... PlayStation is missing all these things. Especially, this one's interesting because there's no travel involved. Both Facebook and PlayStation are both Bay mm -hmm. Area. So GDC is here. Yeah. Like the travel is a car ride, an Uber. You know, That's it's not point, like yeah. getting on a plane. But However, there, but there's still people like traveling from other places, though. There are people traveling from other places. And when you get a lot of people together for a conference, thousands yeah. of people. You're just multiplying the risk. That's all that it is. Because I imagine like worldwide studios, you mm -hmm. know, different people. Like people will be traveling in from Sony Ben for Ben Studio and Naughty Dog, I imagine, to this event. So that uh, still includes some sort of travel. But yeah, PlayStation Core yeah. is already here. You and I were um, playing Final Fantasy VII a couple days ago. So mm -hmm. we, we weren't here when the, the PAX East news broke and uh, when I think it was Greg and Gary were talking about the, yes. the effects on PAX East and stuff. So I, I'm a little bit uninformed when it comes to the... Like to to that side of the story, mm. 
hearing it though, like just the headline of that, I was just like very, very, very interesting and concerning because PlayStation, knowing PlayStation, they wouldn't announce something as big as the public's going to get to play Last of Us 2 for the first time and then back out of that unless it was some real shit. Yeah. And I think that this kind of backs that up. But then there's the conspiracy theory of, or do they just know that they need to now back out of everything as this is going on or else it'll just make that look bad, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I've kind of had a lot of thoughts rotating my mind regarding all this, right? Because when I first heard the news of PAX East and PlayStation PlayStation pulling, uh, pulling out, right, my first thoughts were jumping to, all right, is it really the coronavirus? Would you guys pull out for but that? But why wouldn't it be? Like, my thing there yeah. is, it, look, Naughty Dog, not the Japanese side of the company. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they are very, like, almost local. Um, and, well, going to Boston, I guess, is not local. But, like, that's not that crazy of a, a travel Yeah, schedule, I mean, right? US to US travel, mm-hmm. you know, there's only 15 uh, cases in the US, right? So US to US travel isn't even that big of a thing but in the context of a convention where there are tons of people coming in in the context of airports people in one place which like take the coronavirus out of this every convention there's like you know i've got the pax box two out of three times i've been to pax that's just how it happens man and it's just like that sucks but hey it's good to minimize the risk when when it is there but playstation doesn't normally make that big of a deal of pax east this is the first time i can remember and i'm sure there have been other examples but they were just like yo at pax east y'all motherfuckers get to play last of us too It's Mm. like that, they didn't need to do that. Nobody expected that until they said it. For The Last of Us, this is the second time this has happened, right? Because at the Last of Us event that they did in September that Greg went to where they they did the state of play and they announced the release date, Mm -hmm. it was like a week later to where they were like, actually, we're delaying this three months, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, why'd you give give us the release date last week if we're going to delay a week later? This must have been something that came came down to the wire, Mm -hmm. I imagine. And for this, right, it's a similar thing where it's a week later, you announce that you guys aren't showing up to PAX East despite just announcing that you're going to be there right this much this must have been a decision that came down to the wire and it must be the coronavirus because dude it's not like they can't get a demo together like yeah that's and i'm there's a demo it must exist (laughs) i'm a a believer at this point that yeah like this what they're saying is authentic and true here that it is due to the coronavirus and also like with the idea that um let's see uh, global travel restrictions are changing daily and all that stuff right like you don't want to Mm-hmm. You know, make your employees go somewhere with the fear that maybe an airport shuts down or maybe like, you know, they get stuck there because something happens. And maybe the fear isn't the virus itself. The fear is the panic around the virus totally. and what that can do for, like for, you know, people getting stuck somewhere. Yeah. I understand that fear. And, it, and I also understand the idea that you're a big business and you have to care about your employees and, and work culture is a thing. And if you have you know, a group of your employees being like, hey, like, you know, we're excited for PAX East, but at the same time, you know... We have concerns. We have concerns. You know, all this stuff is going on. You don't you don't want to force your workforce to go to an event if they feel uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And, I could, and I could very well see it being a thing of, like, play, uh, PlayStation or Sony or Facebook would like to go to PAX East or would like to go to GDC, but... You know, it's a it's a bad look on them to force their employees to go, and they're willing to just be like, "Hey, like they, they can't do the, they can't make the language of, hey, our employees don't want to go.' They kind of have to put their, themselves totally. in the front lines for that. Yeah. And so I can understand that being the case of like, "Hey, you know, you guys don't have to go. We'll put we'll put the communication out there. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll roll with it. We'll figure it out." Because on the flip side of that, adding Facebook to this equation, Facebook has a lot less to lose in my mind than mm-hmm. than PlayStation. 
from our perspective because we're looking at it as like oh last of us like what does this mean for like blah 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 with facebook it's like why would they not be there to promote oculus like yeah. it's obviously the coronavirus it's like it's there's no hidden veil of whatever they had planned wasn't ready yeah. like their stuff was ready there's whatever it is you know what yeah I mean? there's no reason they wouldn't be there if it weren't for this so Devontae chisholm writes in and says, with Sony pulling out of PAX East and now GDC, do you think it is more likely that the PS5 reveal is just a state of play like live stream? Sony seems to be taking this virus very seriously, so I'm finding it hard to believe they'd pack a room with press for an actual reveal event. And so with the idea that now they pulled out of two big events, does Sony throw their own big event? And, and, and this is asking a big question that we obviously have the, have the answer to. But with the idea that the PlayStation reveal is probably within the next three months. Right. If coronavirus is still a thing, say in May. Yeah. There's a lot of factors here. Yeah, there are. To answer Devante's question of uh, do you think it's more likely that the PS5 events a state of play live stream? Yes, I do think it's more likely. I still don't think that's going to happen. And as big of an event as GDC or PAX East are, they are not the biggest event. You know what I mean? It's like they're not typically the home to announcements yeah. and things like that. Granted, PlayStation Vita was announced at GDC. Like uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I it was no seen for the first time. Yeah. But it's like th- there are exceptions to that rule. But I think that uh, when it comes to the PlayStation Five event, like we've—I mean, we don't know what the hell it is. We've been theorizing this shit for a year now, and it wasn't a a big event in February, <laughs> which yeah. is what everybody thought until they didn't. Until it started switching of like, what could it be? Granted, state of plays didn't exist when we were first really trying to like figure out when the PS5 is going to be revealed. I don't think that's the way that they do it. I do think that it is going to be a bit more of a stage presence thing. Mm. May is a long time away. You know, it's yeah. also not. Like, it d- depends on how you're looking at it. But, like, yeah. this coronavirus scare, I-, I feel, will be dealt with by then. But that's also, you know, being hopeful. Yeah, like, I imagine it, coronavirus won't be as big of a concern by May. But, you know, that's the thing of we'll see. But also, for me, I don't necessarily... I are I already think that it's going to be a state of play. I don't know if this will lend more credence to it being a state of play, but um, you know, I can, I I think for me, I see why Sony doesn't want to do conferences in general anymore. Like, you know, since they started state of play, it's not been the biggest success in the world, right? We don't look at it in the same vein as, as a Nintendo Direct, but I think they're building towards that, and I think they've seen like they they've they've taken some hits with like their last few. E3 conferences in their last few stage presentations, I feel like people always have a thing to complain about. And usually it's Sony's fault, you know, for making people congregate from the church and then like uh, migrate to like whatever other theater and making See, things difficult. Here's my but, thing though I disagree with that, where I feel like the last couple Sony conferences might like they weren't the 2015, 2016 conferences, yeah. but they were still dope as fuck. And like, yeah, people can, people going to complain about anything anyone does ever. Like, I feel like when we look back at the that the the last Sony E3 conference that we that they that they put on yeah like sure there is the perspective of like oh man it was awkward when they had to make people move but I feel like more people remember the set pieces more people remember the church more people remember dude mm-hmm. they had Last of Us Spider Man Ghost of Tsushima and like that was where Final or Resident Evil Two remake was debuted yeah. it's like 
That conference was fucking fire. Yeah. I, just not compared to other conferences. Not compared to other ones, but also I feel like the pacing of it was so off. And there are so many things we can pick apart about like the other things. Like they had that weird intermission in the middle when they went from the Last of Us Part Two trailer mm-hmm. going into, hey, we're gonna have Sid Schumann talking to people about like the new Call of Duty and like other things that they're showing in between. And okay, now we're going back to the stage and it's a dude playing a flute for like two minutes before they go in go into the ghost of Tsushima stuff. I yeah. feel like there was quite a few things to pick apart, despite there being good content there. Like, mm-hmm. despite us getting good trailers, it felt like that stuff kind of fell flat because they were trying to do so much. And I, that is more on Sony's presentation than the actual idea that they are doing a presentation, but they can eliminate that completely by being like, hey, Nintendo Directs usually don't come, un- come under scrutiny for anything aside from the actual content and announcements. And, you know, if if that's the case, why are we doing anything, like, on stage? Yeah, right? Like, I, they can I still have that 2015 E3 in a state of play. They, they can. I and I would love to see it. But mm-hmm. I, I doubt that we ever will in that sense. And I'm a huge supporter of state of plays. And yeah. I'm a huge supporter of Nintendo Directs and how those function. But I just think that while I agree with you, the pacing was absolutely off for the Sony conference. It represents Sony trying to do something different and do something big and show like some panache to the video games. And it, it, it succeeded most at the 2016 E3 when they had the live orchestra playing the music for the entire conference, right? Yeah. Debut God of War at the start. We had the Crash Bandicoot return. Kojima comes out on his beautiful light bridge. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for Death Stranding, it's God. like that. That was like the perfect thing. You know, we uh, we had like the hanging bodies and stuff. It's yeah. just like that was like to me the perfect press conference. But do we still have that PlayStation? But they tried the to to one up it with this thing of like we're gonna make these like moments. And yeah. stuff. And again, didn't work all the way. But I think that it represents what Sony wants to be, which is yo, we're gonna do something fucking cool and different. Cool and different. Yeah. Doesn't always hit. My question is, does Sony still want to be that? Because I feel like within the last few years, we've kind of seen a shift. Like, you've seen a lot of people come and go from Sony, you know, number one. But then also, they've not really done that since then. Well, so here's my thing. I don't. I think that we have no sign that they're not still that Sony. I think they're very much still that Sony. They just haven't had anything to do it with. Like, that last time we saw that was when they announced, like, really blew out all the games that we are still talking yeah. about, right? Ghost of Tsushima, uh... Death Str- or, well, Death Stranding even is still in the yeah. conversation. Last of Us. Like, once we see the PS5, I think that will really set the tone on what what we're going to see from PlayStation. And I expect we're going to see a return to this type of, like, crazy-ass epic thing. Because I can see them doing that with God of War 2, Horizon 2, Spider-Man 2, Bloodborne 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we're a ways off from that. But I think that we'll get it. I do think that the state of play can be a bigger brand than what it currently is. And I think it could be a state of play presents the PlayStation 5 experience yeah or whatever the hell it is and it is a live more traditional press conference but it has the playstation state of play yeah branding. the branding on it yeah because hmm. we've seen nintendo directs over the last decade change things around where it's a nintendo direct doesn't necessarily just mean one thing there's the mini directs there's the one game directs there's the uh you know the indie directs the indie showcases like there, there's so many different brands within the one thing yeah we shall see number two NVIDIA boasts over 1 million new players using GeForce Now since it left beta. This is from Alessio Palumbo of WCCF Tech. NVIDIA's GeForce Now cloud streaming service for games left beta earlier this month, allowing gamers to choose between a free tier and a paid founders tier. Now, NVIDIA revealed that over 1 million new gamers 
have taken to the cloud since. Furthermore, the publisher suggests companies that choose to remove games from GeForce Now should be few and far between. While new games come in each week from, from the onboarding queue of over 1,500 titles, and some, some of these companies might actually bring their games back once they realize the value of the cloud, gaming, uh, cloud streaming service. Quote, Many in the games industry are riding the wave of of excitement GeForce Now has generated, and we're just getting started. Earlier this month, we passed a milestone on our cloud gaming journey by removing the waitlist and opening our doors to more gamers. Over one million new uh, new gamers have taken to the cloud by signing up for a free for a free plan or upgrading to the founder's membership, which includes a 90-day free trial. This trial is important is an important tran- uh, transitional period where gamers, developers, and publishers can try the premium experience with minimal commitment while we t- continue to refine our offering. As we approach a paid service, some publishers may, con- may choose to remove games before the trial period ends. Ultimately, they maintain control over their content and decide whether the game you purchase includes streaming on GeForce Now. Meanwhile, other Others will bring games back as they continue to realize GeForce Now's value. Stay tuned for more on that. Dude, I laughed. Damn, dude. When I first read this. As it was going through, I was just like, okay, good for them. They're being a little bit more transparent with their messaging. They're trying to get ahead of stuff. And then that end is just like, oh, where's that shade? shade. Oh, it's being thrown. When I first read this, I I got to that last part and I was like, Jesus, man. Like, that was, it's it's such a like, like, uh, like, you know, big balls kind of move to be like, you'll start. You'll be back. You'll yeah, come you'll back. back. You know, you're, you're <laughs> gonna miss me, dude. I kind of love that we, as video game pundits, have sat here and talked about Stadia, talked about what's Amazon gonna do. We got X Cloud. Like, when's PlayStation gonna get involved? And yeah. meanwhile, GeForce Now just kind of pops out of nowhere because we are not on the PC side of things so much. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh hey, we're here and uh, we did it right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's just, it's that thing where you know they know. They knew what people uh, want, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to streaming, right? Like people want to play their library, <laughs> right? Like people don't. Be, it's hard for people to jump into an entirely new ecosystem and really be excited about it. You mm-hmm. know, you look at Stadia and the whole conversation around Stadia is there are no games, right? Like there are games, but these are games that came out either forever ago or games that we've already played or games that are uninteresting. And so for GeForce Now to be like, hey, you can play whatever is in your library, quote unquote, whatever is in your library because we've seen things come and go. You know, I think that's a big value proposition for people absolutely and it makes it makes way more sense to try out geforce now because of that and you know what a bigger value proposition is it works yeah that's the thing is like word of mouth of this thing makes it sound like it's like the, the one bad thing i've heard about this is the activision stuff mm-hmm. that's crazy what's the bad things you've heard about stadia a lot <laughs> exactly i think it's, i think this even makes xcloud more interesting because when X, xcloud finally launches and allows you to play i believe xcloud lets you is going to let you play that's whatever in your library right yeah. like that's going to be a huge thing, right? Being able to play, and I know like PS4 uh, remote play is a thing, and PlayStation Now is a thing. I don't believe. I mean, XCloud allows you to play off of servers that Xbox has mm-hmm. over there, right? And PlayStation doesn't really have that aside from PlayStation Now, but they don't have that for their whole library, as far as I know and I understand. And so, yeah, for X- Xbox to be going that direction, be able to pull that off, I think that's going to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm looking forward to that. Me too, man. But yeah, that's congratulations gonna be, gonna be great. to GeForce Now. Stay tuned for more on that, according to them, as far as people coming and going. Number three, Microsoft Flight Simulator will include 
all airports on Earth. <laughs> this is by Jordan Serrani over at IGN. This is the type of news that I'm here for, Bless. Can yes. you imagine the trailer for this? Can you imagine the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate theme song playing? Oh, my God. And then one by one, you see the airports <laughs> kind of popping in. And it's LAX. Seattle, Tacoma. <laughs> we got SFO. We start going. And then there's that that one. There's that ice climbers moment. We're like, oh, yeah. go! <laughs> They're bringing back Dubai! And everyone's like, holy shit. And then it just keeps going. And then the Pokemon trainer's there, too. And you're like, what? It's like, Pichu! They're bringing back. Pichu, everyone is here. Every airport is here. This is one of those news stories where I was like, it's a very slow news day. And I looked at it. I looked at it for a good five seconds. I looked at the title for a good five seconds. I was like, I'm including you. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Bless. So to get into the article, 2020's Microsoft Flight Simulator will include, quote, all airports on Earth, ranging from countryside airstrips to international airports, according to developer Asobo Studio. A total number of airports was not disclosed, though, according to the CIA, as of 2013, there were over 40,000 airports in the world. Wow. Yeah. As detailed on YouTube, the studio manually edited 37,000 of those airports to ensure accuracy. From the, si- from the size and surface material of the runway to the precise location of the plane's parking spots. Not all airports have been given the same amount of attention. The 80, quote, most played and busiest airports are detailed, according to Asobo. These airports feature official names for taxiways and more, uh, quote, accurate surface definition. An even higher tier dubbed the most iconic airports in the in the development video have been, quote, dressed up to reach a new level of realism in flight simulation. These airports feature unique buildings and props matching reality and terraformed landscapes that nest the airports in their real environment. Okay, so SFO's terminal one's going to suck. LAX is going to have backed up traffic for all the Ubers yeah. and Lyfts. <laughs> yep. I love it, man. Have you been, have you been to the – so I recently flew to L.A. for uh-huh. an event, right? And I went to LAX. and it was, I think it was my first time flying to LAX. And they have what they call LA Exit, which is where all the Ubers and um, Lyfts and all this stuff congregate. And it looks like just like a fair. Yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah. They have like food trucks. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've have, never seen I haven't that before. been there. I heard it was horrible in the beginning. I hear it like jokes aside, it's actually kind of working itself out now. Yeah, when I went there, it seemed, it seemed pretty good. Yeah, I, I wonder like, if I it's going to be wait. here. I wonder if we're going to see the Oh, my God. If I can go to a food truck and get a crepe right before my lift, that'd <laughs> be awesome. They seem to have found out their system where San Francisco SFO is still trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, what's SFO, up with SFO? It's trash, They'll never figure man. it out, man. We had, like, we had to wait for a car for like 30 minutes, and that, at that point, I was just like, fuck, we should Dude, have just taken like, a the, the cars are already there. Like, I know. You go there. It's great. You go to the you go to the Uber Lyft area, LA exit, and they're just like, oh, yeah, type in your destination. A code will pop up. You yeah. go to one of the cars, you show Portland's them your code, like and they they type in your your code, and you're good. And we're like it's the right tech away. area. We're like the tech boom area, and we, we can't figure, figure that out, shit man. out. So this is, I'm sure, exciting to yeah. the people that are, would be excited about this. I think it's cool. Like I think this is this is the type of stuff where I'm like, yeah. yo, man, if you're if you're gonna put this much emphasis on Microsoft Flight Simulator, like do it go, right, go, go, go all, all the way out. in. Everything I've seen about Microsoft Flight Simulator seems awesome. I will never play it, mm-hmm. but I'll watch people play it. Like yeah, Kevin and Greg are gonna play it. Are they really? They're they were super stoked about it when it was first announced. Have they played a flight simulator before? It seems complicated. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, like they're gonna have Andy be their passenger, and they're gonna fly Andy around. I yeah. give them. Two hours before they're done with it, because <laughs> I imagine you have to like actually like want to learn how to fly. Yeah, <laughs> actually, if you want to like get into know, flight flight simulator, I know that this is a fucked up world that we live in. Yeah. That like I've seen things in my life that have led me 
to when I hear this and the, t- talking about like, oh, it's an exact layout to these airports and exactly where all these airplanes would be, I'm immediately thinking there's terrorists that yeah. use this for evil. That sucks. It does. I just want to say, fuck you, world. Fuck you, world, for for letting me think these thoughts. You know. I'm also, with you. fuck terrorism, and also, yep. Fuck normal M&Ms. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it up. M&Ms. Bring it up, Barrett. Oh, yeah, bring up Look the image. Look at this monster of a human being. So I can't get behind wow. them being normal M&Ms and not peanut M&Ms. But you really got to respect Greg Miller's lower or like upper back leg. <laughs> I love how she has the wine on the table while eating her M&Ms. I love that he has the beer oh, he does. on the side of the thing <laughs> while eating that. his his M&Ms. You know? This is a beautiful recreation. God. Kind of funny is Greg Miller. (laughs) What's funny about all of it, ladies and gentlemen, of course, is that there's only one bag of half-eaten plain M&M's in this office because they go so fast. You can have some M&M's. Take those. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? I'm just happy it wasn't a situation where like you like open your hand and they just stick. (laughs) M&M's everywhere. Have you ever asked for M&M's from like a classroom or whatever and like they just start sticking? It's the worst. I hate it. That wasn't it. Don't worry about it, everybody. Plain M&M's for life. You can have all these unopened bags. Everybody gives us these joke M&M's thinking it's a big deal, Tim. Thinking they're making a big fool of Greg Miller. But what happens? They just sit here and get moldy. Joey doesn't even She claims she does. That's not true. How long have we had those regular peanut M&M's? I have because you're all so short. Wait, how old are these? <laughs> <laughs> how old are these Maybe M&Ms I'm a plain M&M, M&M guy. <laughs> We've I'm had not. those regular M&M's in there for a while. Oh, no. For a while. I just shoved all we of them just in my got, mouth. We just got these this morning, and Tim and I are already halfway through. We're already halfway bed. through. Barry, you can't even see above the fucking microwave. Don't act like you know what's up on the top shelf. <laughs> God, God I hate tall people. God. Except Tim, because he's on my side with the Thank M&Ms. you. Thank you. I flip-flopped a little bit there, but at the end of the day, I love you. What happened to you? <laughs> as, as soon as he said the M&Ms are old, <laughs> you that messed like... up my whole situation. <laughs> flipping <laughs> sides. Flipping sides. Don't tell me you how old You know what M&Ms, M&Ms are, are new? Plus, <laughs> these, we just got them today. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fresh from Walgreens. Wow. Number four. Red Dead Redemption 2 has a hot coffee mod, and Take-Two wants it gone. This is from Chris Priestman over at PC Gamer. Now I got M&M mouth. Hot Coffee is an inaccessible minigame in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas in which main character CJ has coffee with his girlfriend. Except it's not coffee, but sex. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it, It gained infamy when San Andreas arrived on PC and modders dug it out of the code. And even though the simulated sex was primitive and everyone was fully clothed, the game was quickly re-rated as adults only until Rockstar released a patch completely removing the content. It seemed a bit overwrought now, but in 2005, it was a whole big thing. (laughs) (laughs) I love how they phrase that. Do you remember this? Oh, Hot Coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a transformative moment, all right? All of us, all of us horny, young, impressionable teens were out there. And we're just like, I want to get my video game fuck on. I want to see this happen, and I'm going to find it on the internet. And back then, this is the early days of YouTube. You mm. weren't seeing this on YouTube. You had to go to the darker corner. You had to go to the e-bombs worlds of the, oh, of the, of the, of the world. Had to go to <laughs> Daily Motion. Weird. You had to go to Daily Motherfucking <laughs> Motion, man. You got to download an FLV player. It was bad. Oh, no. But then I saw CJ getting his fuck on. And With then I was like, clothed. you know what? This is weird. It was weird, right? <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> Whenever you see the videos of it, it's like, this is so awkward, man. Because this is repeated anim- animations over and over. Which I guess that is what animated sex is, but... Back then, it just felt off. 
fell off. In this new, in this new modern, in this new more modern era of video games, modders don't need to rely on buried assets and snippets of code. They can just make make things themselves. And so, it, and so it is that Red Dead Redemption Two now has a hot coffee mini game of its own. It may not be around for long, though, as YouTuber Swegta said in a video uh, in a video that our legal repre- representative for Rockstar and Take Two Interactive has told the mod makers that they have to take it down. <laughs> The mod was uploaded to Nexus Mods on February 12th and apparently caught the eye of Tate 2 and Rockstar shortly thereafter. Swekta's video from February 18th quotes an email stating that RDR2's EULA, quote, prohibits acts like decompiling, preparing derivative works based on, or otherwise modifying the software, end quote. And that the code of conduct for online services, quote, includes a prohibition on users creating, uploading, or posting material that is vulgar, obscene, sexually oriented, or inconsistent with community standards, end quote. The mod presumably violates at least a few of those restrictions (laughs) and therefore must come down. Mod maker Unlosing confirmed with PC Games that a Rockstar rep did in fact ask them to take it down, but argued that it actually doesn't, that it doesn't actually break any rules. Is that it? Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, wow. Ride him, cowboy. Dude, graphics have gotten so good over the last 15 years. That's crazy. Although you were right, though, it's just the same animation over and over. And also, what's he doing with his hands? Why is yeah. he all like this? But like with the RDR two engine, though, like there's so much like movement. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Reid here so Coelho quick. Move. <laughs> like look how look he's, how he's well look how well the character flows. Oh what? Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Reverse! Whoa! Reverse! You can change position with Y. What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> This is a weird episode of Cashy. Yeah, they're feeling it's it. It's like that one, the the one gif of the kid that's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Quote: The mod doesn't contain uh, any nudity or nude models, and only uses assets that are still in the game. They said, and this is from uh, Unlo- Unlosing, who uh, was asked to take it down. Quote: The animations are from the drunk bar mission, which with Lenny, which are still in the game, and the moaning noises are simply the sounds the character models make when they get injured. Also, they mention online services. However, this mod is only available for single player. End quote. For now, hot copy for RDR2 remains available. Although you'll have to. At least pretend to be of legal age if you want to look at it. Tim, does hot, co- hot coffee two do anything for you? I don't even know if it's the second one. Oh, are these the 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 moans? <laughs> yep, those sound like. <laughs> that sounded like Greg the other day when he was like <laughs> doing the 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 voice lines. Oh man. <laughs> Man, Tim, I'm excited to see what the next version of Hot Coffee is in GTA 6. But that game, so far away. Oh, it's so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Dude, the M&M taste is just distracting me so much. Because I it love is it. thick. It is my my throat is coated right now. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Is like now my throat is coated, and now like the there, it has an aftertaste. Yeah. M and M's they linger. I mean, chocolate lingers. No, chocolate lingers, man. M and M's yeah. coating my throat. I got nuts all between my teeth. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Out today, we have Dragon for PS4 and Xbox One, Dungeon Defenders Awaken for PC, Brief Battles for Switch. Tony Stewart's Spring Car Racing for PC. <laughs> you heard of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Now here's Tony Stewart's Spring Car Racing. Ailment for Xbox One. Tower of Babel, No Mercy for Switch. King Lucas for Switch. 
Ubermosh Omega for Switch, Fishing Adventure for Switch, Dark Tower RPG Dungeon Puzzle for Switch. That's a video game title. Ego Protocol Remastered for Switch, Last Encounter for Switch, Night and Plus for PS4 and Switch, Seal cl fledge a daughter raising simulator for switch oh, <laughs> blood God. breed for switch otherworldly for switch shaolin versus wu-tang 2 for pc what? okay yo today's release day is wild barno f for pc lair of the clockwork god for pc up in the air for pc and what, bullet sorrow movie? <laughs> bullet sorrow vr for playstation 4 all right i have tony stewart spring car racing pulled up but do we want to make an aud- call an audible here because we yes. also yeah. what do we want? I want more? Shaolin versus Wu Tang. I hope okay. I want to see that daughter rating. Sim- I know, like a daughter raising simulator. What does that even mean? I'm looking up Tony Stewart though while this is happening because I want to know. Tony Stewart is man. Just a, it's just a racing game. All right, I'm looking up Shaolin versus Wu Tang. Anthony Anthony Wayne Stewart, nicknamed Smoke, is a former American <laughs> professional stock car racing driver. Okay, that logo's sh- already pretty hot. That looks it's like they... Pretty much t- like, hey, I like Tekken. Yeah, no, hey, say. I like Street Fighter 4. Cool. Oh, no. Tiger style. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, you know what, though? You can't talk shit about this. I kind of want to play it. <laughs> I love these Wu-Tang-esque knockoff beats, too. This is like, you know how every, every fighting game has a character that's just based off of Bruce Lee? Yeah. This looks like every character is <laughs> based off of Bruce Lee. That's... <laughs> Incredibly racist. I mounting. know. I know it is. <laughs> I'm talking about their fighting style, though. Like, it's pretty dope. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, impressed. this looks kind of fun, actually. I'm not gonna lie. I would play this. All right. Do we want to look up uh, the daughter? Raising? Yeah, look up the daughter yeah, raising simulator. Yeah, yeah. What's it called again? Oh, it almost killed a kid, man. Wait, oh, you told oh is that who this. that was? Yeah. He has I saw his own boxcar racing game now. Bless. He has a game? There is. <laughs> also, bless, I love the fact that we're at, we're here, we're like talking about some stuff. Andy hears some digital moans, and he comes running in, knocking things oh, over. Oh, yeah. He's, you're talking about wanting to play this game? He's like, you're not but He's just talking shit. <laughs> also, get over here. Show the people. The the office is split. A, a, a house divided right now between M&M's and peanut M&M's. Meanwhile, Andy's just with his everything pretzel chips. No, I'm good, man. So good, the M&M's man. already ruined me. These are so good. Dude. I'm low on the bag, but they're so good. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. What a great Friday. Good ones. And now Barrett's the here, too. Who's going to hit play on the daughter raising game? <laughs> <laughs> so we're about to look at CL Fledge or Seal Fledge, oh. a daughter raising simulator. Oh. Oh, oh shit. Some young girls. Okay, so it's like woman. a. You adopt a mysterious young girl. It's like a visual novel kind of thing. Oh, you have menus. You have menus. <laughs> what a novelty. <laughs> a visual novelty. Ah. Okay, so you go to school. Beat puzzle battles. Oh, shit. It's like Super Sports Machin. It's like... And band. Somebody really like liked Persona. Oh, yeah, like turn-based battles? With dogs? <laughs> yeah, like, jeez. <laughs> Got the jams. Dude, this is game of the year sure. 2020 This, right this here, is man. very much, like... This has, like, lo-fi Persona vibes. Um, So going back to Tony Parker's street racing. Or whatever Tony Stewart? <laughs> Tony Stewart. That reminds me of back to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. The Tony Hawk's Pro Skater pretending I'm a Superman documentary. Finally, finally coming out this weekend, I think it is. 
and they're debuting the documentary. There's also going to be a live concert oh. of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater cover songs oh. by a band called The Downhill Jam. Wow. Hell yeah, man. That couldn't get better. Tony Hawk that sounds was on awesome. Singer last night. Two nights ago. No shit. Yeah. How was he? He wow. was uh, revealed. He lost, I guess. He was revealed. <laughs> of course he lost. <laughs> I, the mass Singer is so weird. I haven't seen enough of it to really get how it goes, but you're telling me Tony Hawk is in a costume and singing, and someone's like, that's Tony Hawk. He was an elephant. Well, so you don't get kicked off when like they figure out who you are. It's a, it's kind of like American Idol, where it's like a voting process of like the audience votes on like who's the best singer, and so it's like when you get when you're like two of like the worst singers or whatever, you have to like go head to head, and then the audience and the crowd votes but, on who to kick off. But who like how do they know it's Tony Hawk? Because then like when when you, when the audience votes for you to get like kicked off. That's when they reveal who yeah. you are. Okay, so them finding out who you are doesn't matter? Not really. No. It's just more of a neat thing. Got it. Cool. Okay. It's neat, Fair. but it's the production value. Tony Hawk's here. <laughs> Whoa! Do it Ollie, man! <laughs> Dude, it's a neat idea, but the production value of the show is like, it reminds me of like a fake TV show in a movie. Yeah. It's just it like so weird. A, have you ever seen the Black Mirror episode where they have the reality show? Yeah. And they cut to the crowd with the like reaction two. shots? It's all those same like fake ass reaction mm. shots with kind of overdubbed audio of people being like, "Whoa, that's just crazy." Like, <laughs> that's really weird. That's how it feels watching the circle right now, where I'm like, I know there's a reality. Welcome show. to the club, Dude, baby. Show's so good. I just oh. finished episode. I don't know. It's, it's so that's good. Trash, man. <laughs> Get in here. Get in this trash circle, Dude, Andy. It's so good that I that like I don't know what episode I'm on right oh, now because I, I just oh, keep going. We need to talk after the show. Yeah, I can't wait for like next year when like we're reading the list of shit. And it's like the mass singer for PC, the circle, oh my whatever. God. It's coming. It's coming. Dude, I'll love. Uh, oh, they could do it, couldn't they? Dude, can you imagine a circle? Oh my like, god! Because uh, that's the thing about the show is that I want to do it so much. Like I want to be in that show me too. so badly. Me too. Because I could rock it. I swear to God, I could rock it, dude. But yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like, I, like. I know this is a reality show, but like I can't tell what parts are reality or what parts are fake because like all their personalities are just so much. It's like what you're watching a TV show inside a TV show. It's kind of one of those ones. Perfect. It is perfect. Deals of the day. This comes from GameSpot. From now until February 23rd at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and that's 1 p.m. Eastern time. It's you cool can- Greg's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Cool Greg, coming up soon. You can play Dying Light with up to three other players for free on Steam. During this period, the standard Dying Light game on Steam is discounted by 60%, while the Enhanced Edition is discounted by 67%. A new story mode difficulty level has been added to make the game easier for newcomers, and special events from the game's past will return over the next month to celebrate its five-year anniversary. So happy birthday, Dying Light, also. There you go. And happy birthday to Gia's little sister today. Hey. I'm texting her now because I'm happy I just remembered. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for reader mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by I'm going to take a swig of water real quick. Woo! Get that water. Your mouth's so chocolatey, boy. Hymns. You've heard us talk about hymns and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. Once you start, then once you start noticing thinning hair, it can be too late. The best way to prevent more hair loss, hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, one in which you have hair. 
Andy and Nick both have used Hims, and I can tell you straight up, they have some of the best hair in this office. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys uh, be, the, be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. Dive into 2020 hair first. Right now, our listeners can get started with their first month free. Go to 4hims.com slash games daily. That's 4hims.com slash games daily. The prescription requires an online consultation with a, phys- with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. The offer is valid only if prescribed. Three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions reply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's 4hims.com slash games daily. Also, we're brought to you by Quip. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, wants you to know that the, the wants you to know the single, the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this: that if you have good habits, you're good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and, and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a, a full, even, full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com games right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com games, spelt G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Quip, the good habits company. Suck Sandwich <laughs> writes in and says, Good morning, Blessing and Tim. That's a great name, Suck Sandwich. The drought, the drought is over. We finally got a new direct with a ton of Animal Crossing info. However, we still know practically nothing about Nintendo's plans for 2020 past March. Can we expect a new general direct before the end of March, or will Nintendo make us wait until E3 for new info? I just want to know where to set my expectations. After two relatively well-planned out years, <clears throat> Nintendo has been awfully quiet about the Switch in 2020. Do you think that's just because that, that's because of the impending PS5 and Xbox Series X, or is it Nintendo just being Nintendo? Thanks for all you, uh, thanks for all the great content and terrific and have a terrific weekend. Suck sandwich. Thank you, suck sandwich. I am utterly shocked that we haven't had a direct yet, or news of a direct, or any hints that a direct is coming uh, in the month of February. I think it's a bad sign. No, there uh, like a general direct, a, a general direct, like a, a direct with announcements. Like there's always directs that are just like for one-off games, and that's important. You need to showcase games. And it's important they did that for Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. um, and they set the expectations correctly. Of no, we're talking about Animal Crossing for however long we are. That's what we're doing. Don't expect other shit. Cool. I expect other shit at this point. Yeah, like this is this is a bad sign where we are seeing a Nintendo uh, like we saw during Wii U, during GameCube, during Wii for a long extended periods of time, mm-hmm. where it's like, where are the games? Where are the first party titles? Like, I'm sitting here not playing my Switch enough. That's a problem. Yeah, you know, like I, I, we want some new games. Like there needs to be something every year that the Switch has existed. We've had some January and February releases, and then we also knew things that were going to be coming to get us into E3 and then get us through the rest of the year. Yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about that stuff. I don't think that it's the worst sign in the world. Like, we know that the, there are games coming, and I think that a lot of the rumors are going to end up being true. I think we're going to get a 2D Metroid. I think we're going to get a uh, true-to-form Paper Mario. I think we're going to eventually get Metroid Prime 4, Breath of the Wild 2. Like, you know, 
more Mario games. Like we're getting all those things. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. And it just it kind of sucks to feel like Nintendo Switch is currently in a position that the PlayStation 4 is in in terms of well, we just can't really announce anything right now because there's no, like we've already announced all the shit that yeah. that's coming and it's too early to announce the rest yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. But I feel like they haven't really announced all the shit that's coming because like what we have Bayonetta 3 Mm-hmm. Right, that's coming up. We have No More Heroes, which is going to be this year. We have, um, I mean, we already know all the things about Animal Crossing, but then like far looking out, right? There's Metroid Prime, mm-hmm. and then like, Breath, of Ma- too. Breath of Wild Two, right? That's and then what it. else, right? That's There's what we know. Shin Megami Tensei, right? Which is going to be for an audience, and then like far out, there's not really, there's not really anything big, like yeah. like we have with. PlayStation, or like and, we've had with PlayStation, and I, Nintendo doesn't give a shit about the next gen consoles in terms no. of direct competition. Like that's just not how they they think about things. It's not how they ever I, will think about. I feel things. like that's that's not how they think about things in terms of their software, right? Like this mm-hmm. fall, that's not going to keep them from releasing something big or a, a couple of big things this fall, yeah. right? I think I think that might deter them from releasing the Switch Pro this fall. I mm-hmm. think like they'd prefer spring because that's going to be a cleaner, more like less less noise around that time. It's gonna be great for them to re- for releasing a, a new Switch Pro. But as far as like games, right? Like they still want to have an active year. You know, yeah. they don't want to take a year off in the middle of their their uh, console generation. Especially not this year. And then that's why it's like I think it's kind of a bummer that like there's nothing for me to really be excited about right now because I I'm not an Animal Crossing guy. Mm-hmm. So this year right now, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was that was me in 2018, right? That was like the year where. We had like I forget when the direct mini was, um, where they announced like or they didn't announce, but I, they had they had like Celeste and like quite a few indie games in there, and they had like the world ends with you and stuff like that. But I remember after that direct feeling like, is there nothing coming out this year? And then it wasn't until the Smash direct, which I can't remember what month that was. I think it was, it was April. Yeah, it wasn't until then where I was like, okay, cool, we have a good lay of the land for what this year is going to be. But even having said that, though, we had games. From that January to that April that were coming out, like New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, granted a port, mm-hmm. it still was a game that came out and like well, had that massive was, sales. That was 2019, right? That was beginning of last year. I'm talking about 2018. Oh, okay. Then what was 2018? I can't remember. I can't remember it had, was... There were games coming out though. That's the thing is like from the from the Switch's launch until recently, there have been like games, and they don't all speak to everybody, mm-hmm. but. There were things coming out that at least spoke to somebody. Right now, there's nothing coming out. Yeah, <laughs> I could see, I could see there being a case where they don't do a new new direct until April, like beginning of April. Yeah, right. And I think that's a bummer because we want to know what to be excited about for the Switch. But I feel like as far as where Nintendo's at right now, it doesn't really matter to them. Like yeah. they don't necessarily need you to be excited about the Switch right now. They just need you to be excited about Animal Crossing. I just want to be playing that. something on the Switch right now. It's like, d- give me a Super Mario 3D World port. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. The fact that we don't have that right now means we're going to get it later, which means we're not getting something new and exciting until even later. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like That's just how Nintendo's portfolio works. They don't put games out on top of each other. So any port is going to take the spot of what could be something new, pushing that all back. And it's just like, I want to start. Let's get moving, man. Yeah. I'm not too worried. Like I, I think I... I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty active year. I don't know if it's going to be one of the better Switch years. You know, I think last year was pretty good with Pokemon and uh, Fire Emblem and Luigi's Mansion and Link's Awakening, right? And the year before that, uh, actually, what did we get in 2018? We got Smash. Smash. Yeah, Smash. And then, like, of course, 2017, we had Breath of the Wild and, and all that stuff. I don't think... I could see this being an off year, but I don't think it'll be an off year in the sense that we won't get games. Because I, I believe in the rumors of Paper Mario and I forget what the other thing was that people were talking about that would come out along. I think people were talking about like Mario Golf or Mario Sports game, right? Mm-hmm. I could see that easily happening. I could see this fall being, see, I was going to say Bayonetta 3 and No More Heroes 
uh, three. But I, I, I feel like those aren't big enough punches. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I'm only upset because I'm a fan and I just yeah. want these things, right? But I, I am very concerned about Nintendo's marketing plans of the last six months. It just feels like there's a momentum that they are losing. Granted, they'll get that momentum back the second they announce yeah. the Direct and the, all the hype immediately is right there. That's my thing is I feel like right now everything is focused on Animal Crossing. And right after Animal Crossing, that's when they're like, okay, cool, now that we have nothing, like literally nothing that you're looking forward to, let's give you all the things to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Where now I feel like them... Like, even Bold them, strategy, good strategy. Them just giving us that Animal Crossing Direct, I feel like points to that. Mm-hmm. I think they're all... They're, they're focused on making people... Like also, we're we know we're gonna get an Indies Direct or Indies something. Yeah, Indies Showcase. They do that every year. Okay, yeah. So you we'll know? have that. But that's different. Like, do they ever have stuff there that is like, and this is out now? Because yeah, I feel like usually it's a lot of up indie in the stuff. But I mean, like, uh, you know, the indie stuff at GDC last year we got Cuphead. So oh, if we get stuff yeah, on that, that level, like that's crazy. But we'll see. I don't know. Frank Freder writes in and says, good morning, Blessing and Tim. Review bombing. It's nothing new to us, nor most people, when they hear the term, but something very unusual happened this week. A single, solitary person review bombed Kunai, an indie game that has gotten pretty good ratings thus far. This person made 200 fake accounts on Metacritic and brought the user score, user score of 8.1 all the way down to 1.7. I have a few questions here. One, the culprit didn't have a reason for bombing the score, which leads me to ask, why waste that much time? Two, do you think review bombing an indie game has a bigger effect than it does on a AAA game? And then three, do you think Metacritic will make it harder for people to do this in the future, i.e. link your library to review account and only let you review games you own? Thanks for all you do, Frank Furter. Did you did you hear about this at all? No. I saw this on Twitter. I saw them tweet out and they're like, "Hey, everyone, like it'd be great if you play the game, like, you know, please give us a rating. It looks like, you know, we've been review bomb- review bombed all that stuff, right? And it's a single person who made a bunch of fake accounts, you know, brought it down to a 1.7, which is a bummer, right? And it's I think it's one of those things where you know, everybody's on the internet, which means bad people are going to be on the internet and, you know, bad people are going to are going to troll and and do crazy things, right? It sucks that people can have access to be able to, you know, just take out a developer that's just, like, minding their own business, releasing a game. Uh, but as far as as uh, Frankfurter's questions here, right, the culprit didn't, let's see, which leads me to ask, why waste that much time? Why would somebody do this? People are invested in things. Yeah. And it's like, you when you really care about something, even if it's bad, like, people will go to ridiculous lengths to prove their point. That's yeah. why. It's, it's, she shouldn't. It's such a weird thing, right? Because I remember there was a there was a string of years there where every Christmas PSN would go down, right? PSN and Xbox would go down because people would um, do like the attacks. I forget what they're called. The DDoS. Yeah, DDoS attacks. Yeah, people would, would DDoS and and bring all the systems down, and it's for no reason other than to make a point, yeah. you know. And what's that point? That we exist. That we like. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's like a case of like loneliness or a case of. People just you know flexing their their skill and want to actually get practice or whatever it is. Whatever it is is wrong. It's cause and effect. People like seeing something they do cause an effect. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of like Twitch streams of like you like watching people be live and then being like, hey, like get pat, people's pat attention. your leg, yeah, Pete Hines. Mm-hmm. And then when Pete Hines pats his leg, you're like, like, "Hey, yeah. it's it's that same thing, right? Yeah. Except that is a you know, you know, that's not as a, that's not really a toxic behavior. Yeah. Whereas like you know, ruining fun for a bunch of people or yeah. like ruining a developer's day, right? You know, that's not really a good way to go about getting attention. Mm-hmm. 
But here, do you think review bombing an indie game has a bigger effect than it does on a AAA game? I don't think it has a bigger effect. I think it has a different effect. Like, obviously, there's mm. different levels of what what the, the needs are for an indie developer versus a major developer. And, you know, there's a lot of bonuses attached to things. There's a lot of, like, structure attached on the major side yeah. uh, when it comes to reviews and all that stuff. But when it comes to the indie stuff, like, that could mean the promotion, the difference between their game being seen by anyone or seen by no one. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. I think it has a bigger effect in the sense that, like, like tanking Anthem's review score, <clears throat> right? Like Anthem's user score being a one, right? That's gonna suck for Anthem, but like also like that's not gonna really tank the company of EA, right? The user score mainly. But people will have other ways of knowing about Anthem. People will, you know, see big IGN reviews or big website reviews or see commercials or like, you know, watch their favorite YouTubers play uh, play Anthem. There are other ways for people to to get access to a big AAA game that aren't the Metascore reviews, whereas yeah. I feel like for indie games, right, like I, 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 I've heard the name Kunai, but I hadn't really tuned into it that much. And, you know, for a lot of people, there are a lot more limited ways of gaining, um, like, getting awareness of a game. And so, you know, to, to go on their Metacritic and see, like, a 1.7, it's like, oh, this game might have some issues or there might be some controversy around it, right? That's, like, negative press in a way that's not good press well i mean then not devil's advocate but mm -hmm. the other side of that though is and in here which has a the bigger effect like again i think it's just different effects yeah. because like that's true for the promotion stuff but on the anthem side people might not be searching for kunai but they are searching for anthem they want to see the reviews and if people are interested in seeing it gets a mm -hmm. 1.7 even if it's from users that's going to really affect it that's going to cause a huge change in sales right yeah so it's like what has the bigger effect it's it, who cares? They yeah. both have bad effects, right? Yeah. And then uh, here, do you think Metacritic will make it harder for people to do this in the future? I mean, you want to hope, but I, I don't think so. I think they should, right? And I, I think the example of linking your library library to review uh, to your review account and only uh, letting you review games you own, right? Like, I think that could be a solution. I don't know if that's the solution, right? Like, I I like there to be a case where, you know reviewers people with accounts right user reviewers maybe have to like earn a certain level of like review karma where like after like a certain amount of reviews we know that you're a good good reviewer and so you're going to contribute to like the actual user score whereas before you were like you could only contribute like words or something like that like i don't know like i feel like there's a certain level of making sure an account is legit yeah. you know that could be done in order to make that work but uh, I feel like linking your library thing could also be a solution, but I don't know if that I don't know if that cleans it up. Look, here's the reality of the situation: Metacritic isn't going to change this shit until it makes them money, or it's losing them money that they don't fix it. People using their shit to get make more accounts to be more active to do stuff. Why would they stop that? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the shitty reality of it. But until people are like actively not using Metacritic because they want to see this change, then Metacritic might be like, all right, we got to step in and do this shit. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, I mean, I they think have there, no incentive to. I think there could be a case in which people give enough flack to Metacritic where they actually see that controversy, right? Totally. Like, I feel like if enough people were, I don't want to use the word rise up because I feel like that has a certain connotation, but if, not, if, not, if enough people like spoke up and were like, hey, like Metacritic, you know, this is shitty, this sucks. I'm going to I'm going to open critic instead or whatever like the action yeah. might be right like I feel like enough of that might spark a okay we should we should review this thing so we can like settle down people a bit Absolutely. gamers we need you to rise up we need you to I don't want to ever make <laughs> gamers rise up it always something always scary happens when gamers rise up <laughs>
now it's time to squat up. Oh, man. Gamers squat up. <laughs> Gamers squat up. Rylan Price writes in with a squat up on PS4 and says, I'm a new father of a beautiful five-month baby boy. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm looking to get back into gaming, looking to squat up for some late-night gaming. I need a I need a new clan in Destiny. Play on the East Coast, Best Coast after 9. My PSN is Ryland Price. That is R-Y-L-A-N-D. Or Prince, not Price. So Ryland Prince. R-Y-L-A-N-D. P-R-I-N-C-E. Thank you. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Remember, we get stuff wrong. You can let us know during the live show. Matt the Wob writes in and says, Devil May Cry 5 came out March 8th. There you go. So there you go. What the fuck, Twitter? You leading me astray. Did it like come out earlier in like a different region or something? I don't know, man. Seems and weird. then I'm, I'm, I need to look at this, this link to make sure it's real. Da-da-da. Yeah, this looks legit. So Neo uh, Aoshi writes in and says, Square Enix and Final Fantasy XIV just canceled all PAX East events as well. So there you go. Wow. And then Katie writes in and says, to explain why it's trending, Capcom's Twitter have tweeted, hey, everybody, in celebration of DMC, DMC5's first anniversary, we're planning a little something to thank you all who supported us. Tweet the hashtag, hashtag DMC5 anniversary to share your thoughts, and we'll include your Got handle it. in the celebration. And FYI, we'll take entries through March 1st. Well, that's confusing. It is. Yeah, so the, the anniversary is coming up, but they're having people submit their an- entries for the anniversary today with the hashtag, which is why it's trending. Makes sense. Uh, and then let me see here. What else do we got? What else do we got? What are people submitting for us? More Square Enix. Nintendo. Uh, all right. Editorializing. I think. Oh, I we, see one here. Uh, which one? Um, This one comes from the entire world. It says, blessing, you a bitch. Everyone knows the peanut <laughs> M&Ms are superior. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I feel like the peanut M&M's thing is like it's kind of like coffee, right? I drink I drink my M&M's black. <laughs> I can have it plain. Yeah, it's cuz tea has a different tea hits different. Now I've actually been doing two cubes lately. I've been doing two cubes lately and I've actually been enjoying it. And so yeah. I'm I'm probably going to step down from the sugar. Okay. Thanks for everyone to, uh, uh, for caring about my health. Now stop caring about my health in like <laughs> Uh, next week's hosts are on Monday it's Greg and me Tuesday it's me and Emron Wednesday Greg and Gary Witta Thursday it's me and Tim and then Friday it's Greg and me again Thursday's gonna be a good day Tim what's mm-hmm. the KF stream that's happening today Halo Halo we didn't get to do Cross it yesterday cross our fucking fingers we tried to do Halo yesterday and Xbox Live down in San Francisco it's we're getting the thumbs up from Barrett right now such both, a random both, thing. Dude. Both systems have gotten into the menus, so we're looking so, good. But we, we're looking better than we were yesterday, okay. but we'll see. Dude, last night I wanted to watch Netflix. On, I wanted to watch The Circle on my Xbox. Couldn't do it because the Xbox Live was down in San Francisco. I was like, oh, they, they weren't lying. It's no. actually down. Yeah. It's whack. That's happening today we at 2 p.m. We don't lie to people, Blessing. We don't like lie to you people. Like you do about... Really? Because you, you've been lying to people all day about these, these peanut M&Ms. No, that's what you're lying about and saying they're bad. And then are we, I, I guess I'll save Gamescast info for next week, but stay tuned because Gamescast next week is going to be a banger. banger. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Games. so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>